So we are back with our new podcast today, and today we have our beautiful guest. I would say wonderful. I would say smart, and I would say everything in between. Oh. So we have Anu and Sean today on our podcast. Um, Anu is showcasing Dan Line Line, correct? And Sean, you're talking about China for today for your show. So uh, without further ado, let's start our podcast for today. How did your latest exhibition come about, and what inspired it? Well, with me, it's like it's it's a very it was a very personal journey. This one, especially, well, it always is, right? But、um, with me, I had heart surgery. That's how I introduce myself nowadays. Hi, I'm Anu. I'm a heart patient. I hope to get some sympathy from that, but I generally <laughs> don't. <laughs> but、uh, I couldn't work with big works, so I mean, you know, I found it difficult to wield canvas and stuff like that. So the miniatures happened quite. Naturally, they, you know, and、uh, at first they were a practical kind of solution, but after a while, it was very gratifying to make these things. Quite liberating. You don't have the baggage of the major work,、uh, and surprisingly enough, even though they were small and a bit precious, they allowed me to be much, much looser. It doesn't quite make sense, but for me, that's how I found. You know, I wasn't constrained by. All these rules that perhaps I put on myself with the larger works, and the implication of the big work being major or a must be a masterpiece or whatever, and、um, so it's been very liberating. It allowed me from thematically to style to mediums. It really allowed me to just let loose, and gradually, till the by the end of the process, I moved back to the big brush paintings, and took with me. What I kind of played with, with the smaller works into the large works. Yeah. What was the question? <laughs> sure. So, I mean, thank you, Anu, for that. The question is that: How did your latest exhibition come about? What inspired it, basically? I mean, it came about because I finished my last body of work. I have. I need to. Like it's it's what we do, right? We're professionals in some way. Like people like to have this romantic notion of artists and. You 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 know, works just suddenly appears and come to you like sort of divine inspiration way. This has been always been my theme. Like I've been always been working with Chinese culture, thinking about it, living it. So it's sort of natural for me to produce another body of work about you know the same, the same subject matter, but but as I sort of live and and as I hopefully learn, you know, the the work sort of morphed with. Who I am, or what I think about the same subject matter. Yeah, so this is the latest body of work, but it's an extension of what I've done for the past, you know, I don't know, since two thousand and seven. Yeah. Basically, I do see a quite interesting kind of、uh, relationship between both of your shows, where Anu is approaching it in a very subtle way because of your illnesses. But then you see Sean's work, which is big and heavy itself, medium-wise, and I think that's a very interesting aspect of the. Two shows being next to each other, I think a lot of people that did see it last time、um, enjoyed that kind of contradiction between the two. Right. So my second question to both of you is that there is no such thing as work being right or wrong, beautiful or otherwise. We pay attention instead to the drama of it all and the pivotal feelings of working with mediums. What do you think about that? I think there is a standard. There is bad work as well. Well, that's very modernist of you. Yeah, well, sorry. 
I'm 58 years old, man. <laughs> I'm a creature of my times. But um, I wish that, I think that that exchange, I, I was quite frightened of being next to such monumental work when I was working with these small things, but they strangely seemed to come together because I think fundamentally issues of, I know, another modernist uh, yeah. reference, identity, <laughs> We all hate that word, but uh, yeah, I mean, we are constantly thinking about how we fit in the world we live in, right? That's basically the truth in everyone's work, I think, uh, whether they acknowledge even when you paint, whatever you do or make. But I think dialogue between the two would have been really, really quite valuable um, because they should not be able to sit next to each other, but they do in a yeah. very strange way. Because, you, you, know, think, you think it's string? I, I don't know. It's like we're both figurative, right? Some ways. Yeah. And we, the subject matter sort of overlaps. In terms of culture, we talk about some political issues, sure. you know? So I think it, 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 it matches up pretty good. And especially in this context, this country, right? You, 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 like there are some obviously Indian elements yeah, and yeah. they are like very Chinese elements sure. in my work. So yeah, I think it fits well. I, yeah, it... it what you mm. said, it, it did come together, even though there is a, um, there is a bit more of an abstract um, conceptually mm. and abstract quality about how you are approaching it. You know, the, right, right, the, yeah. the objects speak volumes, the fragmentation of the right, objects right, as right. well. Mm. Is, um, but uh, in a sense, there, there are meeting places. Um, I've always liked Sean's work. I think there's, and there's a sophistication about making. You're quite mm. interested in making, yeah, right? Yeah, the craft of it. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, uh, for me, the the very direct narrative yep. is very present. Mm -hmm. um, so, I draw a lot from Sean's work as well, and uh, I wish the collaboration, not conscious. But I wish we had been a bit more aware. You know, if I lived here, right. we'd at least smoke cigarette and have sure. coffee once in a while. Imagine and we share a studio space yeah, like, yeah, for like a couple know, pieces. I know, yeah, I know. That'd because, be fun. Um, uh, just this 10 days mm. and talking to you, I, I think we've gotten to know each other much better. Yeah, right? um, Because the, the marriage of, of the two rooms happen, which is nice, mm -hmm. happen very mm -hmm. unconsciously, yeah, yeah. but it'd be nice to also play with a little bit. Um, right. And as you said, I'm, I'm very old studio artist, you know, and modernist lab artist. So am I, man. Yeah, but uh, because <laughs> of that... That wasn't an insult, yeah, by well, the way. But we, <laughs> we work in very, in, in solitude almost, yep, yep. right? Uh, and for me, this whole idea of that is something I'd like to take further eventually. Standards. Like I'm, I'm all for that as well. Like I, I love modernism. That period, the the romance of it all. You know, the individualism, the heroic figures, yes. the the mystery, and then you see like the current. I, I'm, 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 it's not a critique of young people. Like selling old. <laughs> I'm of your generation, man. What are you talking about? But the the sort of the unveiling of like showing how the cookies made like you know it's i mean it's fine it's very you know it's good education but i want my art to be veiled in 
mystery and romance yeah. and all that. I love that that period of of, of art and art making. The whole, you know, you you dress up to go to the gallery and all that. I, I don't know. I yeah, I, yeah, I just yeah. I really love that man. Smoke filled whiskey. Yes, smoke filled. That is our manifesto. Yes, both of us. Yes, to bring back smoking to galleries, indoors yes, galleries. Indoors. <laughs> All right, that was it's a very insightful talk over there. Okay, so now I have a question specifically for Sean. All right, this is specifically for you. Um, okay, of course we have a show named China. Mm-hmm. How can one visualize China's history and have it resonate in the contemporary moment? This is coming from someone who's also not from a Chinese background, right? Who doesn't necessarily understand China's visualize. Yeah, I don't blame you. I can't do that. I find that an impossibility anyway. The complexity of China, like the totality of the concept of the place, throughout that long a history, and then the intricacy of the governance, and especially if you grow up in sort of a Western mainstream media, and you look. At China through that prism, that mainstream sort of way of looking things, there's not a lot of things that make sense. And the more you research, I try to read from both sides. And the official sort of channel of information from China, it's always the same. It's very, it's suspiciously uniform, right? So you can sort of discredit a whole source of information. But it's important.、Um, For balance, so you, I still do that. But also from the other side, you have more diversity, right? But that's great. But still, it's hard to to sort of identify sources that that is trustworthy and all that. So I don't know. For me, like I said, I'm just overwhelmed, and I'm sort of in some kind of what do you call this?、Uh, information paralysis. Like I don't know what's what anymore to a point. So, like for this body of work, is to show that feeling instead of trying to present any sort of truth, because I have very little degree of certainty when it comes to what's happening in China or what's going to happen in China, what has happened in China. Like, it's 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 hard. So I don't blame you if you don't get it. But we have、China. the additional as an overseas Chinese and、mm-hmm. overseas Indian,、mm-hmm. we have the additional because we we are addressing these issues of identity, the Chinese, but. Uh, from the point of view of someone who doesn't live there, we have we can take liberties with how we read it and interpret it. I think,、mm-hmm. yeah. you know, because it's different. Again,、uh, being having that distance,、uh, in a way, it gives us gives us a better overview of of what it is. You know, you know,、uh, I I find that especially、mm-hmm. that in many ways, my reading of it can be more playful. Can be more, you know, and I can take liberties with、uh, mythologies and history.、Okay. I I don't know whether you you、yep. agree, but it is different, right? Because you're not reading it within that very specified.、Um, I try to, yeah, and I fail. Yeah, but like I said, like if you interpretation is is yeah, it's it's, it's really the only way of、yeah. how you can see it,、yeah. like you know. But when you try to present, like, because I don't. Like activism, I think art in itself has quality or potentiality to, to, to be an activist tool, right?、Uh, to to be activism in a sense. But I, that's not how I make my work. I don't seek to influence any sort of activism through my work. So, but if I were gonna do that, I think some degree of objectivity is kind of important. 
but if we are doing it the way we are, yeah. I am yeah. doing it. So interpretation and you know that that's fine. Yeah. But yeah. you know. Alright, thank you so much. That was insightful and I definitely have to think back of what you had talked all the way just now. It was very, very insightful. So now we're going to go back to Mr. Anu to the right-hand side here. Um, this question is for you. Yeah. This is specifically for you. What, okay, what's the backstory of your stalking? It's me just trawling the, the internet, right? Just with nothing to do. Too much time on my hands and I stumbled on this guy. In the moment that I think he lost his uh, belt, I think it was that moment. Don't get me wrong because he might come and then he'll come, finally come and find me and beat me up, okay? Um, and uh, there was this such pure, first animal ferocity in just these bodies coming together and sweat. And then the despair in his face when he realized in that moment that he lost the... The, um, that he lost the fight uh, it was vulnerable and brutal and beautiful all at once everything I, I it just really appealed to me and so I was really curious it's very beautiful as well um, so yeah now he'll definitely not get in touch with me now, okay? but uh, I I was really curious about this this man I think I was taken by the monumentality of the physique and all of that but also the sport, right? Um, a very is, violent yeah, sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's very primal, um, which was really at odds with his Instagram uh, uh, presence, which is quite a gentle. So I kind of like all of that. I like those contradictions. And um, so I wanted to get in touch with him. Uh, you're always looking for a model. Um, the other thing is, my work has always been about the search for heroes. I think we are quite bankrupt of heroes. There are a lot of fallen angels we have, you know, we rely on our leaders, everything. It, people fail us all the time because they are flawed and infallible and we maybe expect too much of them and they overpromise as well. So my work has always been about the search for heroes um, and the heroic. And as an Indian, I mean, all our role models are Western, right? I mean, as Asians, as, you know, uh, it's just like art history has been written from a very, now it is being art historians, I think it's much more interesting, contemporary art history is reevaluating the role of Eastern practices and how they fit in and all of that. Um, not only in contemporary context, but in an early sense, right? I mean, uh, Picasso and African art and all that it's just skimmed over right it's not really explored it's and just enough information for you to learn yeah, and that's about it you know it's uh, um, so we're looking for Indian heroes as well so he just like fit the bill for everything I look for in a, you know the Indian community especially I think has been um, marginalized economically uh, also our leaders have been less than uh, interested in our, or, or vested in our well-being. And there's a sense of betrayal. I mean, it happens all the time in politicians all over the world. But here, because the Indian condition often is so dire, um, all of those elements. And then I wanted to get in touch with him. 
and I tried and I tried and I tried and I tried and uh, no response at all. I sent him paintings, little drawings of him and all that, nothing. Uh, he might think I'm a stalker, I don't know. But uh, finally, when they were all ready, I sent them out to him. I wrote him a text. I got his number from somewhere and against people's advice, I thought I would do this incorrect thing and write to him anyway. I saw the blue ticks, but he never responded. So, the paintings are called Finding Aligantani and it's my quest to track down this man and really make his life miserable until he either beats me up or lets me follow him and paint him. Right now it's all from photos. You are a brave soul for doing this to an MMA fighter. I know, I know. I, I appreciate, appreciate that so much. Okay, so now there's a question for the both of you. It's a simple one, but holds a weight to the question because um, some people might disagree, some people might agree, and I kind of want to know what you guys have an opinion about this. Is it important to make work to first satisfy yourself? Broad question, but, you know, give me your thoughts. Satisfy yourself. Satisfy. Um, you know, some some of this right? pain, yeah. just they can cope. I don't know what... It's very personal. I mean, some art... Like, for me, I paint because I... This is what I do, and it's kind of hard to think about whys. You know, do you think about... Do you think about the whys all the time, or do you just... It's like we are idiots, Savant, and that's the only thing we know how to do. <laughs> There's an element of that, yeah. It's what we do. It's what we do, but... Um, uh, you made that decision, like, Yeah, that's right. So the question is quite redundant now, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not redundant. It it might be interesting to to get down to the bottom of it. But in terms of day-to-day, okay, I'll I'll, I'll humor humor the question. Why is it, yes, I paint for myself or I paint for a person in my head. I paint for an individual. I don't think about an audience. I don't think about, do I have an audience? Or, Or if I do have an audience, I don't think about an audience. I don't paint for a group of people. I paint for individuals. Sometimes I paint for myself. Sometimes I paint for my mother. Sometimes, you know, but yeah, in, in that sense, maybe that is to satisfy that sort of criteria that I set myself. But yes, I, I do paint for, for, for myself. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's a really great. I mean, you summed it all up really nicely. It's a very difficult question. I mean, generally and why I ask this is because um, as artists true. yourself, you do claim yourself, you create works for people to see. So, where is... Actually, we don't, you know. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. We actually don't mm. create work for people to see. It will never ring true mm. and it will never... The, the quality of the work... I mean, if you're going to follow trends or, you know... I think both of us make works that um, are quite difficult for, to just hang. They're not blue paintings over a blue couch. No. You know, they are not decor. They are extremely beautiful. I think Sean's work is extremely beautiful. And I'd like to think that my work fulfills an aesthetic yearning first. But they are very much painted without a specific audience in mind, uh, I, I don't think. Um, and I, exactly what Sean said, I think he put it much more eloquently. Um, 
I find these questions very difficult because they are quite broad. Um, but I know they are they are valid questions. There are questions that where a lot of people would like to ask but don't yeah. dare to ask. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the reason why I ask personally is because the listeners would like to know. Again, sure. each artist has their own points of view. When you work with an artist, work emotionally based or emotionally motivated, then yes, yeah. satisfaction comes first. I think the doing it like some some people do it just so that they can avoid. Un- question like that like you keep yourself day to day that you keep yourself at a level that is sane because of the repetition of making the work and just to avoid sort of all sorts of self-analysis and all that like it's it's a kind of escape as well you know and like this talking about my work like i don't really like talking about my work which is why i make the work right if if i away with words that some people have with my way with pain or colors or composition then I'll be maybe writing a little bit more talking about it a little bit more but I choose to not I choose to make the work instead and and also there's a, there's a thing about sort of dictating meaning the intention of an artist how how much of that is relevant as an audience as a viewing experience how how much do you need an artist standing beside the work to talk more about how much will that enrich the experience of looking at the work i don't know you know yeah i mean uh, i do a lot of that you but know you're good but, at it well but you see yeah. i try to avoid it mm-hmm. the whole idea of the narrative behind the work taking over and or being too much but i i because i used to be a journalist as well mm-hmm. i suppose mm-hmm. i tend to i always try and pull back because it should stand on its aesthetic uh, on its on how it's made, mm-hmm. um, what, you know, rather than why it's made and then the stories behind it. Sure. I try to avoid it, but I inevitably fall into this trap of talking about the stories behind them. So I prefer like you. Yeah, but yeah, the, for my experience, like you add to the value of yeah. the experience because you're good at it you have well, worked. but oh, no I'm uh, no I'm not, I'm not trying to blow smoke you know? <laughs> but the thing is sometimes like I would start talking about yeah. my work and we would have some you know whoever yeah. and then you start seeing their expression sort of change and then you know that oh oh yeah, yeah I sh- to, you know we, we that was a mistake <laughs> I should have stopped like I half an hour ago stand on you know and sure. I like what Sean said I wish you could you know, um, I, I could hold back a bit more But then I get too much into it And that's why I wanted to avoid We were talking about this earlier The whole forum thing Because sometimes I, I hope people also bring uh, What they, who they are to the work mm-hmm. Rather than you dictate to them too much What, you know, because you're already doing it by making the work mm-hmm. You know um, yeah. I totally get that Thank you so much I think with that being said in a way it answers my kind of curiosity of what you guys think about this the final question I want to ask for the both of you is that what is the next what is next in the pipeline for you uh, finding Agilentani <laughs> I want you to find him and I want him to, to show him this but yes that, that is the next pipeline for you okay and Sean what about you I'm still in the midst of building this body of work. Like this few pieces, like there's only eleven being shown here, so I'm I'm in the middle of the series. So 
maybe more of the same maybe there's slight variation but you know yeah that's the plan at least and that's the thing right each work just yeah. each work grows all the works grow out of each other anyway so yeah what Sean said alright thank you so much guys, for today I'm so sorry to take so much of your time but I do enjoy the conversation I had with you again this is Wailing Gallery's podcast I am here with Anuranjoy Jagadeva and Sean Lian on their exhibition Dan Line Lion Small Pictures Last Drawing and Others and China Till Again the Others <laughs> I hope whoever is listening to this podcast to come visit again uh, the show the exhibition is from 6 December 2022 till 14 January 2023